minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Launch pod. 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 Hello and welcome to Launch Pod. I'm Sean Elliott. Here at LaunchPod, we're dedicated to showing you cool opportunities in the space industry. And in this episode, we get creative. In the exploration of space, with science comes art, and art is literally going where no man has gone before. Vanessa Hill takes up the story. While scientists and engineers consider how to explore the secrets of our solar system, these unknowns are given a face by this man. This is Corby Waste. I am the senior mission artist at the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena, California. As a mission artist, Corby creates images of spacecraft and imagines the environments they're destined for. I started with the Mars program, all the famous Mars mission images, and that's ongoing. And they need my help now. This summer, we are redesigning the program. But in addition, I took on the Grail moon mission. I am the grail artist. And then other missions pop up, like I'm doing Titan science. And so it's getting busier. NASA's uh, planetary science program is based at JPL. I wondered if between working on these different lunar and Mars missions, Corby had a standout favorite. Uh, you seem to be surprised. I am a Mars artist, but I absolutely am enthralled at, at Titan. I cannot, and the, the moons of Saturn, so interesting. The, the geysers, it's just, it's lovely to think about. Like, oh, right there, we didn't know how wonderful the, the, the discoveries were out there. And I get to make geysers and other cool pictures. The, the ocean on Titan picture is going to be famous. It's going to be encyclopedias because it captures what it would look like under the surface of Titan. That definitely sounds really cool. And other than the Titan missions, do you have any other career highlights of missions that you've worked on or other things that you've drawn? Yes, I do. The two that are going to, they're the, my most famous moments was when I created Mars Odyssey logo and the Grail logo. And both of them, a decade apart, were launched into space right in front of me. I will never forget that. It's just it's with me forever. I had pictures, and I am definitely smiling, and you, you, I'm sure you can understand why. Colby and I first met last year at Cape Canaveral, Florida, for the launch of the Grail moon mission. Just before the rocket launch, Colby pulls out a portfolio of all of his work to show me. And there I wondered where the balance lied between scientific accuracy and artistic interpretation in the images that he creates. It, it does vary, Vanessa. It depends if we're just beginning a concept or if we really have a full configuration, as they call it, like a, a completely designed you know, mission and this is what it must look like and you got to have every detail. But for instance, right this summer, I'm making a more generic uh, orbiter, possibly the next Mars orbiter for 2018. They're not sure what it will look like, but they have ideas. And so uh, I'm not supposed to make it look over-detailed because it's too early. Even if it is early on, do you get told what shape an orbiter will be or what kind of instruments a rover will have? Oh, sure. Yeah, they do. I mean, this is a big operation, world-class. The engineers, whom I know, uh, they get very busy and they, they brainstorm and they come up with ideas and then they go to configuration 
they call it this area Team X. The Team X models what they're doing, and they will send that model to me, and I can see it. And then I turn their CAD-type model into a nice-looking model, a realistic model. It's really kind of a, a whole uh, pipeline that we have. Do you have to be 100% accurate with everything that you do? Sometimes it's not that important. Some people are just not that picky. Others can be in, so into the detail that it, it can drive me almost crazy. But I work with them because if that's what they want, the, the exact orbit, the exact position of everything, that's rare. It's Generally, they're more forgiving. They just say it's great. It's excellent. They love it. But I strive to make it perfect. And uh, a couple times lately, I've sort of hit one out of the ballpark where it was so awesome. Like, okay, a grail picture. I cut out the pictures from the uh, ATLO stage of the mission, the real grail spacecraft. I made them look like they were in orbit over the real moon. When the, the scientist saw it, he just, you know, he, he was floored because it was real. And it looks great, and so I was proud of that. And that's the kind of thing I, I'm good at at JPL. I'm not an engineer, not a scientist, but I do have some ideas, and they need my help. So I try, I do my best to make them look good. How did you get into drawing spacecraft? What kinds of things did you do before you worked at JPL? Well, actually, I wanted to be an underwater archaeologist and discover unknown civilizations below the sea. And that didn't work out, but the Star Wars movie series came out, and I was very interested, and I was an amateur, um, you know, science fan and used to go to launches. In fact, I went to see the Voyager 2 launch. Only 300 people went. It wasn't that interesting to the public. And this was the same year as Star Wars, and it made me think, hmm, wouldn't that be something if I could be involved? But it seemed impossible. But I eventually um, really got interested in space, decorated my apartment in college, wall-to-wall space posters. I even wrote a letter requesting to go on the space shuttle. And I can send it to you by tweet if you want to see it. They rejected it, but evidently I was quite a space nut, as I am sure you all are. And so that and then there's a little gap there when I had to learn a, a skill, a job set, and I got into computer graphics. And then when the Pathfinder rover was on Mars, I was discovered by their webmaster, Kirk Goodall. He has an asteroid named after him today. But at that time, I was just a computer artist who loved space. That's what led, it was the two, the combination, you know, I loved the mission, followed it, and was working on something for the Planetary Society. And Pathfinder was all the rage. And those two com- combined, and I was basically drafted to come down from my own living room up in beautiful Marin County, California. So when you say you had posters plastered all over your walls in college, what did you study? At that time, right then, I was sort of not that interested in the conventional. I was eager to travel to places that I was interested in, like South America and Australia, and get college credit for it, also the Caribbean. In a way, I was sort of spinning my wheels and not that interested. They didn't offer the underwater archaeology, Vanessa, is the problem. You know, I was at the wrong school. And my interest was elsewhere. Anyone that would look at me, i, I got to have some pictures of this, would clearly say, this man, he spends all of his time looking at the 
Saturn pictures and the galaxies and oh look now he's the space artist it all makes sense if you are interested in underwater archaeology do you think that one day as part of your role with NASA you'll be able to draw underwater civilizations on Titan oh my god yeah I hadn't thought of that but I do think that there could be some kind of animals under there Possibly. It's just so much like the Earth. When you have an ocean and you have heat, and you just don't know after, should we say, billions of years, what could happen. It's been you know, conjectured for Titan and Europa, and now the European Space Agency is going to go check out Ganymede. I never would have guessed that in a million years. Ganymede, oceans, life in the outer sources, isn't this all very bizarre? But it's wonderful. <laughs> Do you have any advice for artists or graphic designers who are interested in becoming involved in the space industry? Absolutely. First thing, you must follow the space program and know that's how I got my job. I knew there were there were going to be comets and asteroid missions and deep space one. I when I walked in that day, I knew what was going on and that was important. But then I also had to have the computer skills. Okay? And I also will have a hint for you. Uh, if you should learn your computer graphic skills and you're following the program, get a hold of me. I may not be there forever. It's a pretty cool job. I'd like to have someone that really is the right person, and I would like them to get my job if I ever leave. And that's all for this episode. To explore further, visit our website at launchpod.net where you can also find out how you can follow us on Twitter and how you can subscribe to our podcast. Thanks to Corby Waste, who, if given the chance to launch anything in space, would send... A piece of DNA so that some alien race could reconstruct me. So a piece of your DNA. Yes. I know that's a little bit morbid sounding, but it, if you think about the possibilities, it could be that, and that would make it possible. If the DNA survived... It could, I could be reconstructed, cloned, as they say. On and a then, distant and world. then maybe, maybe. You, you could draw pictures of Earth from a distant world. Uh, my jaw just dropped open. <laughs> good, good, good idea. <laughs>